Just like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Living with the Nellies! <laughs> Guys, just so you know, living with the Nellies is... Wait, let me see. This might be too loud. Living with the Nellies! Is this too loud? I'll just... Maybe I'll just back up a little bit and talk like this. <laughs> Yo, what's up? It's your boy, Shavis. I'm <laughs> just living with the Nellies! Yeah, it's doing it. It's doing it, yeah. Fuck! High def, in high def. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to Conversations for Our Grandkids. Indeed, welcome. I'm Adam, and I stole the and light, the limelight right there. <laughs> no, that's okay, Adam. I built the limelight for you, okay? So, like, you can use it, but remember, I am the architect. Uh, my name is Seamus. <laughs> so, Seamus, uh, you were in Ireland recently. Let's just jump right into it, man. So, let, tell everybody yeah. about Ireland. Oh man, well, what 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 do you want to know about Ireland, man? I, it was I had a great time. What did you do? Uh, what what you know, like what things stuck out? What didn't I do, man? So I went what to Ireland. What didn't with my I dad. do, bro? <laughs> Dude, bro, I was all over it, bro. Uh, I you guys can listen to the episode that we just put out before this one called Conversations with for my great grandkids, I believe, and it's with my father. It's me and my dad shooting the shit in a hotel room in Killarney. It's a good one. Um, oh, I'm glad you enjoyed yeah, it. Uh, yeah. We went there for a week. We went to uh, Kilkenny, Killarney, and uh, Limerick, and then Dublin on the last day. So we were all over the place. We only stayed for a week, uh, but it was a great time. I mean, we we what did we do? We drank a lot of Guinness and we saw a lot of castles. I mean, we yeah. did like a yo. How about that? We did man? the Ireland thing. The, there was a shit ton of castles there and a lot of ruins. You know, ruins and everywhere. And a shit ton of beer. And a shit ton of beer. Yeah, that's all. How's that, yeah. Bulmers though? Oh, well, Adam recommended that I drink some Bulmer's, uh, what was it, cider? cider? Yeah. I, I like that, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's, uh, that was one of my favorite things, actually. Um, all all, all the, ex- the whole experience was great. So we, we saw, like, these old castles, and we went around the Ring of Kerry, which, if you don't know, is just, like, this long and winding road where, where the views are just amazing. And that's pretty much what it is you just drive around and go like wow oh that's where my shit. Uh, my facebook profile picture was taken was on the oh nice so now everybody knows everyone's been asking me getting all this fan mail <laughs> all this fan mail <laughs> <laughs> delivered to my house <laughs> yeah yeah no but uh, i had a great time and um there was a couple nights uh, there was one night i went out by myself and i just went to a bar and listened to some live music that was up. pretty cool yeah. talked to some dude about america and ireland and uh, the no-go areas of Ireland is what he was telling me oh, about. Yeah. What, what yeah, was he, he warning was, you about? You know, was he like, uh, you're going to get robbed or something or killed? Uh, I think I think he, he just didn't want me to have an idealized version of Ireland where I'm, I'm like thinking of it as this fantasy land. And they're, you know, because for me, and it's probably just whenever you're on vacation, but when I was in Ireland, I was just like, wow, everybody is so nice. There's nothing to be afraid of in this country. People are so welcoming. You know, it's a different vibe. And I think that there's something to be said about that, though. I think there is a different vibe in Ireland as opposed to um, America. 
And when I'm in a, when I'm when I'm in other countries, it becomes very apparent to me how fucking American I am. <laughs> you know, like I am super super American in, what way? in just. Uh, I think that there's there's almost a there's there's an air of tension in America that is is like everyone's on edge. I feel like all the time, uh, and, and it's even in just the the simple day to day interactions with people. Like you know, road rage and shit doesn't seem to be an apparent thing in Ireland. I'm sure it happens. You know what? I noticed that too. Actually, when I was in Ireland, I was like, wait a second, like. I almost got hit like 14 times. Everyone's driving so fucking crazy, you know, up to my standards. And yet I don't hear one person beeping. I don't hear anyone, hey, get out of the way, motherfucker. You know what I mean? There was none of that kind of aggressive shit. I did notice that. I I think there is some some truth to that, man. But what? So was he saying there's a no-go area in terms of this this looks bad for us or uh, in terms of like they're assholes there? Or is he saying... Uh, don't go to these tourist traps. I think what he was saying is that, like any other country on the planet, Ireland has bad neighborhoods that you are not supposed. Like, if you live around there, you're like, oh, we just don't go to that neighborhood. Like, yeah, we just don't yeah. go there. Like Southwest, like Dallas. that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, and and I was like, oh, I get that, but I, but part of me wanted to kind of see those parts just to be like, okay, so how much of a no go area is yeah. it for them? Because like they, the the biggest story they had when I was there at least was this guy was shot, uh, like, walking his dog, and it was, like, on the newspaper, and I heard it on the radio a bunch. You're like, I'm from uh, Philly, bitch. There's, like, well, 400 well, mur- murders a year here, some years, you know? <laughs> like, fuck off. Kind of, yeah, but then but then I found out that he, he, he was also a drug trafficker, so it was oh. probably a drug-related thing and not even, like, some random dude getting shot, you know? You know what else, It man? wasn't something to panic about, really. I have this impression that in America, the crime that we fear and the I guess a lot of crimes really do happen of like, you know, you get robbed and shot, you know, shot and killed, you know, or stabbed or something like that. Uh, But mostly we're afraid of getting like shot randomly, you know, someone just coming up and shooting you. So, uh, well, because it happens. Yeah, it does. And it happens fucking on the news, man. That shit was crazy. But uh, I think in I have this impression of Europe that they have more like, uh, you know, someone pushes you and takes your shit kind of crimes, you know, more like. Well, because they don't have guns. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good fucking point. That's a really good fucking. And I'm, point. I'm not saying whether it's it's a better or a worse situation to be in. I mean, obviously, it's it's nice to know that you're not gonna get randomly shot, but at the yeah. same time, you know, like don't take our guns away. I mean, like, I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't want to get into that argument necessarily. You yeah, know? I think uh, we could go there if you want, but that's so that's such a crazily intertwined issue. The whole gun thing. Well, it's crime. it's relevant. It's relevant this week um, because when I was actually in Ireland, I believe it was a couple days ago, we all, you know, the whole world stopped because of these Paris shootings. Um, yeah, I mean, that that was pretty nuts. Yeah, we actually got into a little bit of an argument about it <laughs> that night. Yeah. Because Sh- yeah. uh, Seamus was like, oh, Paris is under attack. And I was like, no, Paris is not under attack. There are t- are attacks happening in Paris, but Paris is not under attack. So let's let's just relax. And I, I realized later that I was like, well, I, see, that's the thing, too, is I feel like people get uh, they feel like they need to lay it on thick because it's a horrible thing. And my response to that, to that is you don't have to lay it on thick. It's a fu- there were terror attacks all across Paris. Right. And a hundred and whatever people died, 30 people, something like that died I, that's bad enough you know you don't have to 
uh, say that Paris is under attack or Paris is burning or we, you know, this, that or the other. Just let's call it what it is. And then there's no confusion one way or the other. Because anytime you're laying it on thick, you're basically uh, taking poetic license and saying, like, this is my interpretation of it. You know, and I don't want your interpretation. Yeah. Just report the facts to me, please. But anyway, the, yeah. the argument was over. Seamus said uh, Paris is under attack. And I said that the... Uh, that Paris wasn't under attack, which it's still up for a debate, really, I think. I, I, I understood what you're saying. Uh, you, you, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like we overreacted after 9-11. And now that we've done that, we want to sort of be careful about how, whether or not we're overreacting to a lot of these situations. But it, I think there were a lot of factors that played into me getting so emotional about it. First of all, I'd been drinking a lot that yeah, night. Me too. Uh, Cause I'm in fucking Ireland. Uh, I was also really exhausted cause I hadn't been, I, I don't think I got enough sleep this entire trip. Mm -hmm. I was just moving from place to place to place. I never felt like I caught up with the jet lag. Mm -hmm. So I was, and, and, and it was kind of a crazy thing that was happening. And so, <laughs> I, I think I was arguing with you about it. Just I was arguing with you. It wasn't about the Paris yeah, attacks yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. It was, it was I have to beat Adam in this argument. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, man, that that shit was really crazy, and it's it's been all over the news. And I gotta I gotta be honest, th these these t attacks, uh, uh, maybe not the attacks themselves, but but people's reactions to it, man. Like I just want to shut Facebook off. Like I am just done. Yeah, man. With, Seriously, God, I today we are laying it. Talk about laying it on thick, Jesus. I was, fuck. I was Can we all really, just fucking relax yeah, a man, little bit? Seriously, I was thinking like, man, I really this shit really makes me want to cry. Not not only the horribleness of the actual attacks, but the response of people is just. I mean, it's like, come on, can we get past, oh, we need to round up those Muslims and just murder them all, hang them all. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And so what? Yeah. Uh, because there, there are some assholes in the world. We're going to all just become uh, 1945 Germany and fucking try and take over, you know, go and stamp out a whole, uh, you know, category of people. That's fucking retarded. Can we not? You know, that being said, that being said, I, I, I do think that there there is an argument uh, for limiting the amount of refugees that you take in that people are sort of lumping those two arguments together. Where it's like, I, th I think that the, the issue is there are, ISIS has flat out said like, yeah, we're smuggling people in under the guise of being refugees and we're going to keep fucking you up. You know what I mean? And it's almost like, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if immigration is the answer to those problems. And I, I get that like, sure, it's going to, but I, it's going to help the people in the short term of like bringing over and it's saving lives. And I get that. And I don't want to seem callous right, right. or like that uncaring, but I watched this video about immigration the other day about, um, it was, I forget what it was called. It was about, uh, well, anyway, this guy has a jar full of all of the people in the world, uh, who are making less than $2 a day or around $2 a day. And he fills it up with the gumballs, I think. And he starts to show that America takes in one million immigrants, uh, and each ball stood for one Im one million immigrants. And he said that each year we take in one million immigrants, and we think that we're like changing something, doing some humanitarian effort on the global scale, where there's like ten ten of these jars, like billions and billions of people. I think five who billion, are just right. I think five yeah, million and he, people and in the, the world. And, 
the argument he was making is that uh, we tend to take in the people who are smarter, more educated, more well-off, people who are more in a college. position to... And he was saying we're, we're basically taking from other countries the people who would be in a positions to possibly make a change in their own country. And we're like a, we're like taking that from them almost. And so his his suggestion was that we need to focus on the issues that are causing all of the the root problems that lead people to want to immigrate in the first place, rather than just allowing people to come in because that because that overwhelms us. And what can we do then to, to help, fix yeah. the problem in the first place? Right. And so like my my thing is like I I wouldn't I I wouldn't really blame France at this point if they were just like. That's it. Like yeah. no more refugees, yeah. you know. I mean, I think they essentially did that, and I don't. I really don't think anyone can blame them. They're like, hold on, like we gotta fucking recoup, you know. And the whole world's behind yeah. France, you know. My heart goes out to them, and that shit's terrible, and it's scary as shit to to live in France right now, you know. It's fucking terrible, man. But wait, didn't you hear about this other thing that ISIS did the other day? Yeah, man. here's an article See, that I found about like, it. Why the fuck aren't we talking about this? Why don't we talk? Why are we talking about Paris? Jasmine told me about that uh, Kenya. It was a Kenya uh, attack on a university in Kenya, I think. Um, and everyone was like, "Oh, well, you didn't hear about that, did you? Like, wh- why aren't we talking about that? Like, of course, when Paris gets attacked, like the world's in an uproar. But when Kenya gets attacked, no one cares because it's Africa. It's like, all right, dog. Like everybody cares. It's just the news didn't report on it. Like we just didn't." Nobody heard about it. If I heard about it, I'd be like, a hundred what people? Holy fuck. You know, like I said, when I found out that France had the same issue, you know, but so don't get mad at me and fucking, you know, write your little Facebook uh, shit about me who just didn't hear the news until it was already, you know, until you were fucking pissed about it. Be mad at the news for not reporting on it. It should be so mad because it's such that's why I want to turn off misdirected emotion. It's just, it's, hey, look at me, look how special I am, and look at how much I knew, and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And I saw it first. It, uh, it's like, shut up. We don't need that. Nobody needs that. Yeah, man. I don't know. It, it was frustrating. I gotta tell and you, it's though, sort man. of After that Paris attack, I did some hard thinking about my real stance on foreign policy, we'll say. And, uh... I listened to a podcast. It was one of Joe Rogan's, and he had some some Navy SEAL on. It was just recently. And I have to say, I think I'm an offensive military guy now. I have to say. Yeah. But I think the devil's in the details. because So I previously took a stance like how Ireland does it, speaking of Ireland. They're a purely defensive army. Their military is there to defend the country. And they also do, like, peacekeeping missions. So, like, if a village is uh, being attacked, they'll they'll go in and bring food and supplies because the, you know, militias are blocking the road or whatever. So previously I was like, well, yeah, that's, like, the best thing. You have an army that's that just defends your home country, and then you send them out to do, like, you know, save people, essentially, you know, because that's what the fucking military is supposed yeah. to do. But... After listening to this Navy SEAL and and look like seeing these Paris attacks, man, it's. I think we should be going after people. I think we should be going after them and finding mm-hmm. out like who is orchestrating this. You know, how are they doing this? And let's find them. Let's, you know, fucking. I hate to say it, but let's kill them if we have to. I'd rather put them in jail. But 
if they're going to be killing people, you just can't you you just can't do that. You know, this is society, human society on a global scale. We can't be killing each other anymore. So if you're going to, you know, pledge to kill as many people as you can, we yeah. gotta just yeah. we have to stop it's... you. You're kind of like forcing the hand. But I think we should just be super, super, super careful about how we go about going after people. I've really come around on that, man. I used to be a pacifist to the 10th degree when I was younger. But slowly I've changed my views a little bit. I th- I just think it's closer to the truth. Like, you know, violence and war and hate, it's, it's reality. And you have to deal with it in certain ways and be ready for it. Yeah, it's almost like I, I, the problem I think right now, as, at least as far as I see it, is that... Nobody can have any dissent towards Islam or refugees without instantly being labeled as like, you're a monster, like blah, blah, blah. Like the, I've seen a lot of comparisons between um, people. It's so bizarre, man. It's really bizarre. I've, heard, I've seen a lot of Black Lives Matter people making this about them also, which, which boggles me, of like – of like comparing like oh you care about France but you don't give a fuck about you know Trayvon Martin and oh, shit and it's please. like can we just please. stop for a fucking <laughs> second and then I've seen a lot of people who say like hey maybe this refugee crisis is really a problem and we shouldn't take these people in and people immediately go like you're a fucking monster for even you know suggesting what, that and it's like I, okay I don't, well, I don't think that's that's going to do much how do you see that helping i mean i can see now that there's an attack yeah shut down your borders but there's no real telling i mean were they uh, refugees that got in you know is that what happened because it seems more likely to me that they that there are probably people in every country everywhere that are at least you know, willing to go online and say they're down to do some of this shit, you know? There's like 200,000 Muslims in Philadelphia, at at least. So there's got to be at least 10 of them that are like, yeah, I'll blow some shit up for you, you know? Mm. I, I just don't, I don't think that it's the people who are fleeing the country from the assholes, you know? I think it's the assholes that they're fleeing from. It's just that the assholes are everywhere, you know? Oh, they're no, no, I'm not from- even... I'm not even saying that it's 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 the refuge like the refugees themselves. I'm saying that there are people who are pretending to be refugees. Actually, one of the um, one of the people who was involved in the shooting was found with a a, a passport. Uh, he was actually he went through one of the countries in October and came into Paris in France. Um, so my my problem is that there's I, I somebody's not doing a good enough job of filtering out the people who were extremists in the countries that they get. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a tough, it's like, it's like, it's too do hard. we, it's do too we, hard. do we say everybody get out because a couple bad apples ruined it for everyone? You know, like, oh, I'm punishing the whole class. Cause I don't know who, who to deal with. Right. Exactly. And I think it's, it's like the gun control argument for me too. If you make guns harder to get, the only people who are not going to be able to get guns are, or the only people who won't get guns because of that law mostly are the uh, are you know like bystanders of the law essentially you know you don't want crazy people to have guns so you make 
the gun's hard to get. But now a gun enthusiast can't have this special gun because it was deemed too dangerous or whatever. You know, the, the gun specialist is the one who's going to suffer because a criminal, for example, is going to be able to get that kind of gun or whatever kind of fucking gun he wants anyway yeah. because they don't follow the laws. So if you block immigration and you, you try to target Muslims or, or radicals or whatever, it's just like a numbers game where you can't... Let's say they're, uh, you know... You find out this scheme that they are planting bombs in hairspray. You can't ban hairspray all, you know, all around the world. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't uh, keep trying to adapt to what they're to what they're doing because they're so sneaky. They're so clever. You know, they know how the system works and how it'll be hard to to catch them. You know, so like for example, they tend to write messages down and pass them or word of mouth or they go on the deep web which is untraceable you know so I, I, I don't know man I feel like if you make widespread policy decisions based on a really tiny group of radicals then usually the examples that I've seen that ends up in the majority of people losing rights or losing something who weren't the intended target of the policy anyway I see what you're saying, yeah, and and I and I don't want to fall into that trap again because I I know that's how it goes, and it's it's sort of like a an issue that I'm trying to confront within myself where I'm like, okay, it's great to talk about these things hypothetically, but now that they're sort of back in the uh, public's face again, if they ever left, necessarily, because it's not like they ever left since 9/11. It's been one fucking scare tactic thing to the next. You know what I mean? Right. It's been the, yeah. it's been the one be afraid of this, be afraid of that story to the next. But at the same time, it's it's almost like I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that would be a, that would be a quick fix for now. What would be a quick fix? I don't know. Just be closing all the borders and just being like, let's just chill the fuck out. I mean, that's kind of how. No, what I've... I'm saying is, already, already, there are Muslims in every country, from you know maybe they're immigrants, maybe they're born there in all Western countries. I'm sure of it. That. Even if you close the borders today, it's too late. They're the people. They're already in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they're what do you do about there. what do you do about when you're when you're fighting against an ideology that doesn't really have uh there's no there's no state to cripple necessarily. Like when even even when you talk about ISIS, what the fuck is ISIS? It's not like a place. It's it's, it's not a, a person. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, people are like, you know, let's let's like uh, I think Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz said something like uh uh, you know, we gotta we gotta get serious or, or something like that. Or, and, and he's like, you know, we gotta ramp things up, that kind of a thing. And it's like, wh- what do you mean? Like, we haven't been serious. Like, we are we've been droning the fuck out of everyone. You know, nine out of ten targets are, are aren't even the people we are aiming for. But we're like, fuck it, we're gonna keep droning. You know, keep dropping dr- uh, drone strikes on people anyway, because that's the only fucking thing we can do right now. It's the best we got, so we're just gonna keep doing it. So I mean, are we not serious enough already? And it just, I don't know, man. It just cries like, almost like babyish to me. If if that's your response, it's like, oh, now we got to do something. It's like we've been doing something the whole time, you know. Yeah. We've been doing something the whole time. It's just, what the fuck do you do? Because I, I'm personally a fan of the idea of drone strikes. Okay. I'm not a fan of how they are being executed, but I'm personally a fan of drone strikes because here's the thing. Like I was saying. We need to fucking find these people and and kill them. I'm sorry, man. We we got to do it. 
God, man, I don't know if that's okay to say. We, I think it's okay. It's, it, what, what is the thing that says is uh, do what you have to with someone, but never take them from your heart. Listen, yeah. I love you, baby. Gotta fucking kill you. Hey, You're you doing know what? Some crazy shit. You're really threatening a lot of people, like most of the world. <laughs> Just look at the rabbit, Lenny. Just look at the rabbit or whatever. <laughs> you fucking- Put one right in the back of ISIS's Dude, that, head, man. That shit made me cry. That's the only book. Or no, maybe that's one of two books that uh, that made me cry. Of I'll Mice and Men. We got to do the Of Mice and Men to ISIS. We got we to gotta say, hey, come here, come here. I know we're all one person, one love, whatever, but I can't I can't have you doing this. It's like I Jesus just can't. said, if your left hand's giving you problems, cut it off, you know? But yeah. here's the thing. I think it, the question is, how do you fight an ideology? And that's really what it comes down to. And I think we have to make rules about warfare, right, based on our our ideology, and we have to follow that that um, those ideas or that prescription almost, you know? We have to follow it to the T. We have to make the policies and the laws, and we can't, uh, you know, make a law and then pretend like we're doing, like, oh, no, we're not going to torture people. We're just going to waterboard them. Like, no, no, that's pr- that's torture. Come on, you know? We can't do that shit. We have to... Um, I don't know. Fucking, we gotta give them a jury of their own peers in front of you know wherever the crime was committed. We gotta be the upstanding American gentleman. I don't know about all that, but we we have to we have to come up with something, man. And nine out of ten, you know, drone strikes not hitting their target—that's not acceptable. You know, to for yeah. me to be clear, but. You know, you're talking the about in theory. If you're if you're right, uh, the, a, a pinpoint precision attack of who we need to kill, right, and not killing civilians in an in an ideal world, you wouldn't have to kill anybody. But we have to kill somebody. We have to kill somebody. We do. Right. I, I no, it's a tough it's a tough to fucking thing to accept because you know we 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 can see that there's a way around this. It's like, listen, I'm I'm not hitting you. I'm going to tr- well, maybe that's not true. I don't know what the thing is. We've 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 definitely fucked up the Middle East, but at the same time it's almost like now at but, this you know, point I think you're describing the approach that we need to take. Yeah. We it's have like, to kill you know, somebody. It listen, sucks. We don't really want to do this anymore. This needs to be the approach. We don't want to do this anymore, right? We're pull we're going to pull our our you know, feet on the ground troops mostly out of all of these countries. However, we're not going to stop airstriking you and drone striking you because you're fucking assholes and you keep doing this asshole shit and you keep, you know, fucking us up. So we're going to have to find you and we're going to have to kill you. Speaking yeah. of, did you see that Anonymous is now going after ISIS? So so, what the fuck does this mean? We're in a fucking Star Wars The Clone Wars where you got two fucking people who you don't give a shit about fighting each other. Great. Anonymous. I don't know who that dude, is. Dude, apparently they found. The How people... are they a group? I don't know, man. I always wonder about the uh, the the structure of that. You know? Yeah. How does it? Who speaks for them? Who agrees on that? They're supposed to be anonymous. You know? Are they anyway. all the same anonymous, or is it like different anonymouses that have done different things? I think it's the same group. But how does anyone know? It just must be like a community of people. They must have like a, a chain of of communication where it's like we're gonna do this, and it's it's like four chan, dude. Like yeah. the people who go on there, you know, they say we're meet me in this at this website. Da 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 da. We're we're gonna overload the system. You know, everyone unite. You know. Which well, I, I mean, hey, I really like more power to them. Seriously, yeah. I mean, anonymous. Go I've, ahead. They haven't done much that I have had a huge problem with. I can't think of one thing where I was like, "Oh, that was stupid. You shouldn't have done that." I mean, the Ashley Madison thing was kind of retarded, 
that was kind of stupid. Oh, but... don't hurt us, anonymous. Just rate us on iTunes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. I'm. I'm actually. I, I can't say I'm a fan, but I. I kind of like the idea of this hacker group taking on fucking ISIS, dude. Like they started off taking taking on like Ashley Madison and Citigroup, you know, and fucking them up and crashing certain websites and Scientology and that kind of shit. But now they're taking on fucking ISIS, dude. But what Imagine are they even if... gonna do? What does that mean? What 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 power do they have to take on ISIS? That's a good question, man. I don't fucking know. Does have ISIS no have like clue. a lot of computer shit going on? Like <laughs> I mean I know that they uh, communicate on the deep web. I've heard that several times. So if there's a way to get in there, which I keep hearing, there's no way to really trace shit on the deep web. What are they going to do? Send them a bunch of Rick rolls or something? <laughs> the fuck does, <laughs> who the fuck does Anonymous do? I have no idea. What, Apparently, uh, they found the people who did the Charlie Hebdo killings. Wow. They, they like found they. I my. I'm totally I, ignorant. I then in, in that case, yeah, yeah, fucking go ahead. I've, Dude, when they, I saw that they were like, we're going to come after you ISIS motherfuckers who did this in Paris, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's a video that they released, whoever they are. And I was like, like, a fucking, 4chan's going to fucking find ISIS? Like, okay, whatever. Like, who is who is ISIS anyway? But then I looked at, at you know, the, the links, the related links and whatever. And it said, like, you know, uh, anonymous tracks down Charlie Hebdo or something like that. Killers. Charlie Hebdo killers. Yeah, I clicked on the link, and apparently they were like, "Listen, we're gonna find you, motherfucker. For you know, you can't. This is a, a violation of the freedom of speech, and we're gonna fucking find you, and we're, you're gonna be prosecuted." And apparently, they found the guy. I want to say they were looking at footage of like the street or something, and they found his face. And then they searched, you know, whatever database to find his name or whatever the fuck. But that that's my impression of of that. I don't know if that's true or not. I should probably look that up. But I kind of like the idea, man. I like the idea. I like the idea as well. Because also. here's the thing. The government needs... This is, goes back to what I was just saying. The government needs to have rules based on its ethics, its stated ethics and morals. It needs to have rules based on those, and it needs to follow those rules. Anonymous can state its own rules and can follow it if it, do, if it wants to, you know, or if it doesn't or whatever the fuck, because it's not the government, you know? It's like a different group in society it's like this underground it's the justice league thing. man it's the it's the well it's i don't the, know about that man they're the they're the vigilantes people, man who is anonymous and is something could somebody one day pull off some like huge heist and be like oh it's anonymous who did it you know and nobody yeah. knows the difference but uh fuck i forgot what i was gonna say but well go go anonymous take down isis or whatever yeah. i wish you the best yeah. of luck i, I really do <laughs> Seriously. Go for it. Please. Yeah. I saw an Onion article that it was like uh, President Obama swears he has all the guns you need. Uh, all the, He has all the guns you would need to uh, defeat ISIS if he, someone would just tell him who to send them to or something like that. <laughs> oh, so Obama. Was like, it was like, oh, please, just tell me who to send it to. I'll send it to you. I've got guns. I could get them to you in a couple of hours. You know? Yeah. Because that's how I feel. It's like, well, who who's going to fucking take down the terrorists of the world who do we have that's qualified to do that nobody the american government has the best military of world history and we are we're at a 10 percent success rate 10 yeah. percent yeah that's crazy who's qualified to do this i don't know man <laughs> fuck fucking isis man they're get, you, you sent me the funniest text the other day when you said isis is getting uppity <laughs> 
Yeah, it's man. true. They're getting a little ballsy, and um, it'll be it'd be very interesting to see what Anonymous does if if anything. I'm not calling them out or anything. I'm just saying. Impress I'm me. I'm calling them out. Hey, anonymous. No, don't do that. That's the worst thing you, you can need possibly to earn do. Your keep. Oh, dude, fuck. <laughs> you're gonna no, get. No, you're no, gonna no. get hacked. <laughs> all your yeah. all your secret documents. They're getting cocky, man, and it's it makes it does make me nervous because 9/11 wasn't that long ago, you know. Yeah. And that it, shit was horrible. And yeah. if we have a series of even smaller attacks, let's say it's not 9/11. Let's say it's one tenth. The size of 9-11, which I believe would be about 100 people, right? I think 9-11 was like 1,100, something like that. So, so kind of like in Paris, if it was something like that. Yeah, right. Let's say it happened four times in four cities in the United States. Dude, we're fucked. Yeah. We're fucked. Yeah. I was, yeah. The Patriot Act would, I mean, like, that. it would look like child's play. Yeah. We'd it'd, be fucked. It'd be like game over. The fucking, the scarecrows got us. The fucking... <laughs> yeah. Scared the fuck out of us. We we're like, no, we're going back in the house. Don't let us out. <laughs> oh, I, God. My hope is, here's the thing. My hope is, the way that I see this in a very, very, very long-term kind of human civilization level um, way, the way that I see this going is, what needs to happen, right, is, this is going to sound horrible, and I'm trying to find the best words to, to put this, but the way I see this happening is, ISIS is going to keep getting bigger, right? And there's going to be um, groups that they cooperate with that are radical and ideological in nature. And the ideas include, like, killing people and all that kind of shit. What needs to happen for human civilization, right, to get towards, like, enlightened society is the West, only because it's, it's the target of these motherfuckers, and... All the other people who, I guess, are not down with ISIS, so that's everybody else. But the West, because we have all the fucking money and shit. We need to, like I was saying, have rules of warfare based on our ethics and morals, and we have to actually follow them. Because yeah. that way, we can beat back the, the you know physical side of the whole thing while we try to attack them ideologically because right now we can't tell them follow our ways we're the best because we're like bombing their their cousins and shit you know we're, we're still like and it's like hey we were just at a wedding why did you bomb us we're not terrorists we're like oh my bad only 10 percent of these things work anyway so my bad it's hard yeah. to be down with the u.s if that's you know your reality is that they just killed your fucking family so what we need to stop that and then we we but we need to be doing something you know so if we cooperate more with other people and get them to agree, like, yeah, that's this is the right plan of action, I think that's what we should do. Because then we, we hit we hit the group uh, uh, with the military, right? Because they're going to have their military, and we need a military to match that. And then we can hit them with the ideas if our military isn't in contradiction with the ideas that we're trying to portray. Yeah, and, and I think that is a big problem, I especially think, for people in our generation who have a lot of that information. Yeah, uh, it's sort of demoralizing, I suppose. Where you're just like, oh man, nobody stands for what they actually say they stand for, and that's a little bit frustrating. But I don't know, I don't know, man. I, I think that uh, I think that we're gonna be we're gonna be okay in the long no, run. No, we're gonna be fine. Yeah. I'm not the, the, too. I'm not the, too skeptical. The changes that are going to happen. I don't think ISIS has a fucking shot of becoming big enough to take over. You know, 
like t to take over France or even Paris. You know, I really don't believe that. Maybe for a day, if they concentrated all their fucking efforts, you know, they could get a, a city like that. But I really don't believe they're big enough to to do anything crazy like that. So I think it's a matter of them kind of egging on the military powers of the world. Dude, this is going to sound this is going to sound hard, really crude and very <laughs> well, you know, whatever. Fuck it. It's conversations for our grandkids. Motherfucker. I was listening to the reports about the attacks and how like three of the dudes who were suicide bombers blew themselves up but like nobody else. And I was like, "You guys really fucking oh, suck wow. at this." Wow. You, you guys suck. Oh my like, god. That was your Yeah, like no casualties, nobody else was hurt, just that this dude Dude, you suck. Click the thing and then <laughs> yeah, you suck. <laughs> Dude, you suck, you little fucking bitch. You had one shot, dude. No virgins, dude. Oh, that sucks. Damn, Fuck you. Right? That's what you get, you fucking <laughs> yeah, asshole. Yeah. You and fucking I'm going to make asshole. some bacon on you, you fucking asshole. I'm going to fucking <laughs> cook it right it on, on top of you, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Uh, well, hey, in lighter news, uh, Ronda Rousey got her ass knocked out, man. Yeah, I didn't see that yet, but I, I want to, man. You know, it's funny. The night that that happened, we started watching um, Ultimate Fighter that the... UFC show where she's the coach. You had a premonition, or oh, Jasmine yeah, did. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, her run as as like the the ultimate phenom. You know, now it's over. Now she's not infallible anymore. I think that we could all tell f for a long time that Ronda Rousey was just a lousy person, but I did want to see her keep winning because that was sort of it was kind of cool and 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 she was bringing some sort of excitement to the UFC that she was getting like mainstream play and stuff. She was she was going beyond the UFC into this other stratosphere of like pop culture icons, yeah. you know, and yeah. and and. Uh, somebody else was talking about this. I'm not sure, but they were trying to talk about what other female athletes you could uh, think of. I think it was actually I think it was Stone Cold on the Stone Cold podcast. So if you guys want to check that out, um, he was talking about the only other female athlete that he could name offhand was like Venus and Serena. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but but some of the shit that Ronda Rousey would do, I was always like, okay, you seem a little bit too insecure to be in this position like you say a lot you like talk a lot of shit for no reason a lot of the times it seems yeah. mm -hmm. and she, she she's very uh like sassy or not even sassy but like mean you know like uh full of herself very full of herself i that's yeah, the impression i got i you can't really you can't you have to have an ego obviously because you're though. fighting you I mean, you can't really be mad at her for being full of herself because she gets she's like the highest paid person in the UFC and she's a woman. You know what I'm saying? Which is that so it was an uphill battle. She's was was undefeated. You know, you kind of have to be full of yourself at that point, especially in fighting where you're you rely on those type of hormones to get your your fucking <laughs> can't be mad at her, man. I don't know. I, I like Ronda Rousey, but she does some stuff that just like annoys the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah, like me she too, she showed sure. up at WrestleMania last year and she was wearing a, a shirt with Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z on it, and it said it's over nine thousand. I was like, really? You're gonna be on TV wow. wearing that? You're gonna do that? <laughs> that sucks. Oh, that's what that's other sick stupid. memes you got for me, Ronda? You fucking piece of shit. Yeah, that's right. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Anonymous is gonna get you, dog. <laughs> I'm calling everybody out. <laughs> Fucking Ronda, show it to my house. I'll whoop your ass, dude. dude I don't she, give a fuck. she would actually whoop your ass, though. See, that's the thing. She would show up to your house just to make a point. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, but I got a fucking... I'm building a moat. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking... I'm going to put Her spikes in my moat. 
and I'll, I'll I'll ask Holly Holm to come save me because honestly, I watched this fight and it went for like two rounds, I think. And this girl, Holly Holm, just made Ronda Rousey look like a punk ass bitch. Spoiler alert. But uh, you know how you said last time we talked about Ronda Rousey when we went to go see her versus Betch Cohea, and we were all excited when she won in like 90 seconds because that was really cool. And listen, I like Ronda. I, I'm just I'm going with the energy shit. of the moment. All right, yeah, I'm going yeah, with yeah. The, fuck Ronda Rousey. You're <laughs> going with the energy of the moment. Um, but you made a point that she tends to get really scrappy at, at the beginning of her fights, where she sort of just comes out swinging and going for the fences. And I feel like she did that in this, but it just this she was just. She was fighting someone for the first time who was in her league, and she had no fucking idea how to deal with it. She had no idea. She got she got See, her man, ass that, beat from saying. bell to bell. She, uh, she's so used to winning within the first you know minute or two of the first round. I was thinking to myself, man, like if she has to go to a second round at this point, she might she might crack just just because it's been you know whatever eight fights since she's made it had to go to a second round she's never had to so the fact that she's in the second round i think i mean i obviously she's got to be mentally tough to be in the ufc and to be as good as she is but like that has to weigh on your mind like oh shit like this bitch got me into the second round no one's been able to do that like fuck and she beat she won the first round too because she beat the fuck out of ronda ronda looked busted up this girl she couldn't touch her ronda couldn't touch her she was dude there you got to watch this fight i um I watched it last night, uh, and it is just super so impressive that this girl is so talented that she's making this undefeated woman who was like everyone was like, oh my god, she's like a fucking alien, no one can touch her. She's like, oh, everyone was like, oh shit, it's over nine thousand. Um, but uh, fuck it, I hope they weren't. I really hope they weren't. Um, <laughs> but uh, to just see her get treated like a child, man. Just got yeah. fucking killed. I gotta watch it, man. She was throwing punches, and this girl was ducking. And Ronda was, like, tripping over herself and falling into the cage wall. It was ridiculous. All right. Yeah, ridiculous. I gotta watch that, man. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey. Fuck you, Ronda Rousey. I'm coming for you, you little <laughs> asshole. Oh, man. I also, uh, I also wanted to talk to you um, just briefly about... Have you seen Amy yet, the movie? Nah. Oh man, I I so when I when I went to Ireland, they had Aer Lingus had a few movies uh, to to click from, and it was like Inside Out, which I didn't want to watch because I was like, I'm not crying on a plane full of people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they had Amy, the Amy Winehouse documentary, and I am such a fucking huge fan, as you know. I mean, we I think we both are. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, that I was just like, I've been dying to see this movie. I have to watch this. And uh, it was a weird way to start a trip, I'll tell you that much, because, uh, man, I was bummed out for, like, the first day and a half after watching that. Like, I, it, it was one of those things where I was in Ireland, and I was still thinking about this movie and her music and her fucking, the, the story. I, 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 feel, I feel like a commercial right now, but, like, that movie was amazing, yeah. and uh, I, didn't, I didn't know, I didn't listen to Amy Winehouse when she was alive. Um, because my only exposure to Amy Winehouse, and I think this goes for you as well, was that rehab song. Yep. And at the time, I was like, this song fucking sucks. <laughs> I, I don't think that now. I like that song now. 
But at the time yeah, when it came I, out, I thought the song was banging when it first came out. But it just got so fucking overplayed, so overplayed. Maybe that's what it was. I didn't. I just stopped giving a shit about Amy Winehouse because everybody just. And then the other thing too is that it seemed like so much of her image was caught up in drugs and uh, you know drug abuse and all that shit. And I was like, I'm really not interested in all that shit. Like I've, people were rarely talking about her music, and for me, like that's not a good sign, you know. But I just hadn't it, heard any of her music, and yeah, the only I mean, exposure I had was that pop. Like, Rehab is, like, one of her most poppy songs, you know? It's it's made for the radio. Or maybe not made for the radio, but it's a good... It was, like, the song. only song that was getting play on the radio. Yeah. Because it had that radio vibe. And a lot of her other songs were very uh, risque. I like yeah, that, Yeah, but, but a lot of her it's other songs authentic. were, like, soulful and jazzy and, and as almost like, uh, you know, singers like Etta James and stuff like yeah. that. Rather than like, um, you know, she's not she's not doing the regular poppy thing where she's around talking about like, girls, yeah, the wild girls. No, yeah, I love. Oh, what a genius! Anybody <laughs> calls Beyonce a genius, I'm I have to have a serious talk with you because she's not a genius. I'm sorry, it's far no. from it. I mean, and then maybe, whenever maybe I say she's that really about somebody, smart or whatever, but I mean, her music and her dancing does not make her genius. She's there's she's not doing anything in any of those categories that qualifies her as genius. It's like the one time my dad, I said to my dad, uh, I was talking about George Lucas, and I was like, yeah, George Lucas had like a really good idea and a really good editor for the first three movies, but that guy is not a genius. And my dad goes, huh, not a genius. Made billions of dollars in <laughs> in toys or something like that. And that was his like response to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess you're right, dad. He's a genius. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, but the Amy Winehouse thing, man. It was so interesting to see how she really just imploded and people were trying to help her, but you can't always help somebody. You can't. Um, because the the story, the rehab song is actually about all of our friends trying to get her to go to rehab, you know, obviously. Right. But there's a line in there about uh, my daddy says I'm okay or my daddy thinks I'm okay. Mm-hmm. She didn't go to rehab because her dad, who wasn't around when she was a kid, showed up when she started making money. And, like, they were like, oh, we got to put her in rehab. And he's like, no, no, she's fine. She's fine. And, and oh, like, yeah, thanks, dude, because y- you have a well-informed opinion about that. Yeah, because you, know, yeah, you know what her life is like because you haven't fucking been there or whatever. I don't know, man. It, it was sad and uh, it was just sad. It was a, it was a pretty depressing movie but the 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 music and everything i like i put her up with people like i put her up with big music legends you know what i mean i put her up with all the greats in a heartbeat i put her up with etta james i put her up with i put her up on the caliber of like a james brown jimmy hendrix as far as like the the i don't know if i don't know that far Maybe not necessarily. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that she was innovating on anything, but the the passion that she had for music, uh, and the level of I guess superstardom that I would give her, at least in the way that she lived, like her 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 story is as interesting as those people, and I guess that's maybe the category I'm thinking about of like almost like legends. She is kind of a legend. I would put her in the rock star category for sure. Like legendary yeah. rock star to yeah. to combine the the ideas, but I I don't know if I'd put her musically in the same category as Jimi Hendrix or Yeah, I'm not sure if she was really contributing anything new, but she was just she doing was really it really good. well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. I love Amy Winehouse. I used to get really fucked up and just listen to that. Back to Black. Jasmine mm-hmm. and I fucking get, we would get fucked up. And we still do. Get fucked up and listen to that album, man. That There's so much emotion packed into that one album. So much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can really, if you really, like, try, you can really feel the, like, the emotional basis. Like, uh, it's almost like each one of her songs has, like, a nugget of emotion. And, you know, everything else kind of references back to that. But each one has this intense, whether it's, you know, pain and this specific type of pain or, you know, it's despair or whatever. It's just like, God damn, like, you're really, you know, making me want to cry right now, Amy. Making me want to cry, Amy. Get your little motherfucking... (laughs) You know what it is, man? Fucking heroin. Led Zeppelin, heroin. Rolling Stones, heroin. All the greats do heroin. I'm. I, it's my new Nirvana uh, heroin. Did, Nirva, did Nirvana like, <laughs> like Nirvana's a person? Uh, I think Kurt Cobain. He Kurt Cobain was definitely on fucking something. I'm pretty sure heroin was involved. Yeah. How you know about what, man? That guy? I, I heard a po- uh, another Joe Rogan podcast where he interviewed this guy, Doctor Carl Hart. I want to say his name is, and he kind of changed sort of my opinion on drugs. And his stance is. That they should all be legal and, uh, but, but controlled, because addiction really doesn't look like what we think it does. It's not like the movies where, like, oh, after you take your first hit, you're addicted. You know, there are people who, uh, I think he said in Sweden, every day they go in for heroin treatment. They just go in and get shots of heroin and then go to work. You know, it's fucking insane. It's hmm. going, and it's like a, it's totally legal. It's like a clinic, you know, because they, they figure we, if people are going to do heroin, we want to be able to make sure it's clean and safe and that they don't have to do any, like suck a dick to get it. You know, they can just pay for it yeah. or whatever. And I'm, I'm really in that That's camp That's the worst now, part man. about heroin, sucking the dick. Yeah, sucking the dick is the worst part, man. You know, I love that high, but I hate that low. <laughs> I hate that low. Uh, but, uh, I think... Heroin, because here's my thing, man. You know me. I've I've done so many fucking drugs, and the thing is, somebody told me a long time ago, like addiction isn't what people tell you it is. You don't get addicted to things the first time. It's more about a habit, and if you allow yourself to like fall into a habit and that kind of shit. And I kind of rolled with that, and like for example, pain pills. I've taken pain pills, but like I'm not addicted to them, and nor do I. I don't even have a craving to, like, take it. But some people get so fucking hooked on pain meds. So hooked. It's insane, man. So I I just... I don't know, man. The whole addiction thing, it... It's not as simple as we thought, I feel like, you know? Yeah. It's not as simple as we thought. So heroin, I'm just trying to feel like, will I ever do heroin in my life? Mm. The, the answer, it's always been no, like a solid no. Like There are certain drugs I have on a a strict no-do basis. Heroin's yeah, I don't, think I, can, I don't think I can do heroin because it'd probably be really fucking awesome, and I'd probably yeah. want to keep doing heroin, and I think that's probably what happens. You know, so I'm just like, maybe I'm just not going to touch it at all. You're right. That's, my, that's my thinking. It's like, it's probably too awesome. Like, it's probably too whatever, and I'll just be like, well... Well, I could just do that again every week, you know? Like, yeah. Just oh, do it's, that every day. oh, it's a heroin week. It's whatever. <laughs> it's just, I have I just, a heroin week, and then I have a, another heroin week, 
And then I I might just have an I don't know. I'm just we'll see how the next week really goes, but like I'll see you in two weeks, basically. <laughs> three years uh, later. Yeah, three years later, I'm just taking the L all day, having the best time. <laughs> uh, falling down and shit, man. Dipping that's out, what, man. That's, what, that's honestly me riding on the L and looking at all these motherfuckers dipping out. I was like, that's why I don't do heroin. And that's why I'm taking extra precautions not to get addicted to pain meds, too. Because that shit is not where I want to be at. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Don't do heroin, kids. Yeah, Grand- don't do heroin. Grandkids, don't do that cyber heroin. Unless gonna... unless the the science comes out that it's fine, then you can do it. Dude, I used to have a friend. He was like, it was more of a mutual friend, but he was he was like wet. He was into the hard drugs, man. He would smoke crack and meth and oh do my heroin, god, like everything. But he's like he's, I mean, kind of normal. So somewhat. well, you, what's that caveat about kind of normal? I mean, he's a weird dude, but. You know, yeah. there are weird people who don't do drugs. You know what I mean? He's not outside the the scope of normal weirdness, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so he was telling, he was like, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> all you have to do if you have like a, like a, a, a binge weekend where you're like, you know, do some heroin or something or like meth and you're starting to crash. You just like do some ketamine because it like totally wipes that shit away. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, man, like, after you, like, go into a K-hole, like, after you fucking, uh, if you're coming down, man, like, the next day you just feel normal. You just feel like every, it resets everything. And at the time, I was like, you're a, you're a fucking crazy person. But in the last couple years, I've seen papers that they're trying ketamine as a treatment for depression because there's, the mechanism is something like there are temporary structures that happen in your brain, which are caused by anxiety and depression they're like these temporary kind of short circuit like (gasps) you know kind of uh connections and ketamine i forget the mechanism the specific one involved but it goes in and it it undoes these like temporary short-term kind of panic mode connections and then your brain goes back to functioning the way that it was before you started panicking oh i gotta get me some ketamine man yeah any, any listeners out there with the with that special K? Hook me up. I'm <laughs> trying to dig up. myself out of a K hole. <laughs> <laughs> dig myself out of a K hole. Yeah, ketamine was on my list of don't do drugs too. I forget why, but I feel like it's safe there. It's fine. I honestly, uh, I honestly, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to get into that many drugs these days. Uh, at this point, I started doing yoga again yesterday, mm-hmm. feeling really good. It was amazing how, how much of a difference a little bit of exercise in the morning does for you. Yeah, because I was seriously. just like, holy. Because when I was in Ireland, I was eating a lot of shit. I was eating a lot of fish and chips, drinking a lot of Guinness, and mm-hmm. although I was doing a lot of walking and like sometimes running up hills and shit, I, I, I still felt like. Yeah, my diet's been kind of gross, and I was like, "Oh damn, I really got to get back in shape." So I started doing yoga again, and that shit, man, it just really wakes your entire body up. Yeah, everything. It's different from running. It's different from any other kind of exercise because it's implementing everything in your body. So you're just sitting there and you're just like vibrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like yoga, man. I really, I'm such a huge fan of yoga, and it it was like. Basically, the way that I got into it was I started doing it with Jasmine as like a way to exercise because I, 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 
I've done it before, kind of, or had done it before. I'd seen people do it. I could kind of get the idea, like it's stretching and holding, so you're kind of working your muscles. I was like, yeah, it's kind of bitch ass for me though. But we started doing it. I was like, wow, this shit's fucking hard. Like I should probably just do this because if if it's really this hard and I'm out of breath and sweating and shit and I'm I'm like questioning whether I can hold myself up any longer, you know, maybe I need to work on <laughs> that, whatever that is. And it turns out. <laughs> That thing that makes you unstable or it makes your, you know, makes you sweat or whatever, it's all related to your emotional state, what you're eating, what you believe, da 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 And yoga, it turns out, isn't just an exercise. It goes back for thousands of years and they describe, like, how to hold your body, how to breathe, how to uh, treat people, what to eat, you know, all this shit so that you just feel awesome. They call it Satchitananda. It's... Uh, consciousness existence bliss you know that's that's your whole life is you're just conscious you're existing i'm here and you're bliss you're, you're just like fuck it man i love life I'm, i don't want to be doing anything except what i'm doing right now and that's why to echo your previous thought i also am not really looking to get into any many new drugs because i love acid man and weed and alcohol those are my jams and Adderall, <laughs> to add one more to the list. Just keep, keep adding them to the list. This is a Christmas list we're making. We're gonna we're gonna make an Amazon wish list, and we're, you guys can just fill in the, the blanks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll give you an address that uh, it's a PO box. Nobody knows it's mine, so you can just <laughs> send it all there. <laughs> uh, don't get me anonymous. Don't get me. I swear it's fine. <laughs> no, but I, I mean honestly, man, I'm a huge fan of acid because it it puts you in a very a state of consciousness where you're I feel more like like my body is almost like a machine and I'm operating it or like the old Hindu image of your body being the chariot and you are actually the chariot driver you know driving the chariot because it I don't know man it just puts you on a different perspective where you can feel your like my back for example I can feel how I'm sitting and how it relates to how my back is straining and I can sit in a better posture easier I mean, I don't even know. You, could, everything just seems more real. Like it's just coming in uh, really intensely, and you have to process everything in the moment that it's happening. And it puts you in that state of consciousness of like, what's happening right now? What am I feeling right now? And if you go long enough with that, you you kind of come to a place where you're like, you know what? I don't even care about everything that's happening now because what tends to happen is you're like oh like did i pay my bills oh did i i'm worrying about this and i'm did that girl does that girl like me is she gonna text me like oh god like fucking blah 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 blah. but if you if you can't keep track of that shit if you can't even keep track of you know what am i looking at again oh yeah this is a carpet what's a carpet oh shit like carpets are weird like they're so itchy and blah 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 eventually like all that shit dies out and all that's left is you're just sitting there with like shapes and colors and it's like oh this is cool you know yeah. this is this is really cool this is pretty cool i like sitting here like this and doing you know doing. you know what it's it's weird man cuz uh, i think i think uh Part of what you're describing, at least for me, uh, I I have feelings like that sometimes if I smoke weed or anything. Like I, I had a moment the other day where uh, I was working on a joke and I was doing it out loud in the kitchen, and it involved like this hand gesture that I was doing. Evolved, this hand, this what? hand gesture. I don't know oh, how to yeah, describe yeah. this. Where it's you're, like the, where you're, 
A-OK okay with the three fingers up and the finger and the indexing finger in the circle. Yeah, and I just did it naturally. But then for the next 15 minutes, I was like doing it and being like, what, what, in what point, like, in what instance is this appropriate? Why do I do this? What is the, what is the, it's weird. It's so yeah. weird. I was like, who came up with this? What does this mean? Who was the first? It must have been somebody did that. And then everybody just laughed because they were like, what a ridiculous, yeah. what a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah. Just, Let's all do it. Yeah. 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 Ah. And, I, that, then I started, and then it had no meaning. It yeah. really, it really just reverted into this is just a thing. What? And then I was like, what was the joke again? Like, what the fuck? Why was this funny to me a minute ago? Yeah, because it's funny to me for a whole different reason right now. <laughs> yeah, because because yeah. you could just imagine me in my kitchen doing this a lot, <laughs> and, and not yeah, and making that doing, gesture, just winking and doing the hand <laughs> thing. This is this is great radio. Everybody knows what we're talking about. I think yeah, right. I think that feeling, man. It's it happens a lot of ways. It happens a lot of ways, and I feel like heroin probably chemically gets you there really quickly. That blissful, like, you know, I don't want to, I don't really care about moving, you know, place. I think the difference with acid is you kind of have to. Uh, this is gonna sound fucked up, but you kind of have to earn it more. You know, there's a little bit of anxiety that goes with it. Things are really fucking intense, and there's like this this period at the end where you kind of feel like you've gone through some shit, man, mentally and emotionally. And you're just like, fuck, man. Like, I just, it just feels so good to just be here, like, right now. That And that's the feeling that you get. And I get that feeling sometimes after I exercise. I get that feeling sometimes after, like, a good meal. And I have a feeling it's all related. Um, and that's why I like, like, the yogi approach, Hindu. I talk about that shit all the time, the Buddhist approach. Because they always emphasize the connection between all those things. And it, it really just comes back to, like, consciousness, man. Like, what do you want to be conscious of? You want to control your consciousness so that you have these blissful moments, so that your life is filled with bliss. Because if you have, out of 24 hours, three or four hours a day of bliss for whatever reason, whether it's exercise, you smoked a bowl, you watched a movie, you listened to an album, you, you, uh, you did some push-ups, you had sex, you went for a run, you laid out in the sun, whatever it is, you know, if you keep these moments in your life you have you'll have this like internal feeling almost like an instinct of you know what i feel good right now you know if you spend enough time in that space so you you'll operate naturally from that mindset instead of for example i find especially on days when i wake up late and i have to like rush out the door and get to the bus and then get to work and then i'm like oh fuck like uh, i you know did it i'm kind of scrambled I feel like I'm operating from this kind of seat of anxiety where I feel like I'm not able to juggle everything that I have to. And I'm just kind of juggling the three balls that I can handle. And then there's four or five that are just going to drop. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so it's only because I'm spending time in that mindset. You know, for four hours, I'm I'm in this anxious mindset. So when I go home, I like to calm down, relax, do something pleasant, you know, so that I can spend time and remember like, oh yeah, this is, this is what it's like to be happy. That was what it's like to be anxious. And I think it, a lot of the, I don't know, a lot of like psychosocial problems that we have in this country can be solved by throwing like a mix of these things in our lives. Like we should all be tripping from time to time. We should all be smoking weed. We should all be exercising. We should all be 
laying out in the sun and, and reading. You know, we should all be doing all these things because it brings humans enjoyment. And we should enjoy life, man. That's the fucking ultimate goal. Man, get out grandkids, of here, you fucking hippie. Grandkids, when you're 18, <laughs> trip on acid, smoke some weed, have sex. Do what, like do everything. You uh, know? Dude, this you're speaking like, to these our great grandkids in the V for Vendetta world, where all this shit has been banned, and like, like the fucking. What is he saying? Oh my god! Turn it off, Grandpa was an infidel. There's this one kid just starts getting a nosebleed. Life can be good, man. Life can be good, and that's the thing that I've been thinking about with this fucking ISIS shit, man. Life can be so good. Hate can't feel good man it can't feel good and i understand that the u.s is the reason why you hate the u.s we fucked you up you know i get it but hate it can't but hey feel come that on good. man it can't feel that but, good hey bro bro come on man come on hey come on man we just, just do we just go yoga, up, dude, dude. We, we just go over to the middle east and we bro. just put our arms around isis and we just go dude come on come on ISIS. come on dude bro Come on, fucking <laughs> just calm down. I got Netflix, man. We got all these fucking shows to watch. We don't have to do this anymore. You had me at Netflix. You will love Don Draper, okay? Oh, dude, Ahmed, Ahmed, you are such a Don Draper. You are such a just watch his antics, okay? You'll you'll get it. You'll watch love his it. Antics and then tell me you hate the West. Yeah, yeah, come on. I love the Donald Draper. <laughs> it's fucking ISIS. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm just gonna Netflix and chill with ISIS. Hey man, <laughs> if it if it ends the war without killing people, I'm down for it. But I feel like we just gotta kill some people. Well, that's what they want. They want to breed us out of. They want to Netflix and chill with all of our white women and breed us out of existence. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Grand this is what conversation. You better not be half Afghanistani or whatever. The fuck, man. Yeah, yeah, you better not. You, you better, better not. Be I'm gonna, I'm gonna haunt the fuck out of you. You better be pure American, you motherfucker. You and you and Grandpa are gonna take a drive when you're about six. And Grandpa's the only one coming back. <laughs> <coughs> well, this is a conversation for our grandkids. Uh, I will actually love you no matter what, so don't worry about that. Grandpa just he's a fucking he's a fucking jokester. Hey, what could he say? Jokester. He's just kidding. But you better watch the fuck out. But anyway, it's conversations for our grandkids. Uh, listen, Ronda, leave us a review. Secretly, leave us a review, Rhonda. Rhonda, leave us a rating on iTunes. And uh, hey, good luck in your rematch. Although I don't have much faith in you anyway. You fucking. <laughs> and so I'm just shit talking. I just gotta Hashtag get her back in the mode. She needs it. She needs to feel she like needs, she's right? under adversity. Yeah. All right. All right, yeah, fuck you, Rhonda. If if that's what motivates you to become if that is your real name, you fucking slag. (laughs) Your name's probably your name's probably shitty fighter, because that's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Close your eyes, again I'll kiss you.
Then why? 